0: Oh, I was looking around a while ago and I see so many faces that I don't know. I love seeing, to me you're new, you may not be new, you've probably been here for a long time and I just haven't met you, but I'm going to have to do a better job at getting around to, to meeting those of you that I haven't met yet. So we're going to do our declaration before we get started. Okay. Do you know it? Do you know it by now? I'm going to test you. Lord, today by faith, we declare that we're walking in the manifestation season. As your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I always feel like I need to say amen at the end of that. Let's end it strong. So I wanted to talk to you tonight about um, four particular spiritual disciplines, which is prayer, fasting, devotions, and meditation. And the reason for fasting is I know we just came out of a fast, but sometimes we think that just because we did it the first 21 days of January that we don't have to do it ever again until 2021. That's not true. But the Lord led me in a different direction. And so, um, I hope that this blesses you. Um, A few years ago, the Lord led me, after coming out of a fast, he led me into a two-part prayer, and he gave me instruction as to what to pray. And I believe that the Lord wants me to share the first part of that prayer with you. And he said, Rhonda, I want you to pray to have the heart of David, And to be honest with you, I really didn't know, I didn't understand what it meant to have the heart of David. So tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about David and, and in the end, discover exactly what that means. Now, I love the man of God, David. I love David. I, I love reading about David. I love reading about his life. And someday, when I get to heaven, I'm going to look him up. And we're going to sit down and we're going to have some chats because I, I, I want to tell him, I get you. I understand some of the things that, that you had to say. Um, but David is not only one of the greatest kings of Israel, but he's one of the most prominent figures in the history of the world, as well as the most famous ancestor of Christ. Jesus isn't called the son of Abraham or the son of Jacob, but he's called the son of David. David's life was a mixture of good and evil. It was filled with noble deeds and great accomplishments. In the early years of David's life, he's mentioned as a man after God's own heart. I cannot think of a higher compliment than to be described as a woman with a heart after God's own heart. Twice in scripture, this was God's description of David. The first time is in 1 Samuel 13 and 14, and it says the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him, David, to be commander over his people. So before we discover what it does mean to be a man or a woman after God's own heart, let's clarify what it does not mean. It does not mean that we're perfect. David was not a perfect man. He was not perfect by far. It doesn't mean that we never make a mistake. King David is known for a lot of things. One of the many things he's most known for is his adulterous affair with Bathsheba and then the murder of her husband to cover it up. After he sinned, David was truly repentant in his heart. He had sinned against God, and he admits it in 2 Samuel 12, 13. It says, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. It's in Psalms 51 that we read about David's prayer of repentance to God. And what we see in Psalms 51 is that David recognized that God didn't want a sacrifice. But what he's looking for is a broken and a contrite spirit. David repented and he said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Despite David's failure, God still testified that David was a man after his own heart. To be a man after God's own heart, we don't need to be perfect. We need to be humble. And we need to be quick to repent. It's interesting to me that God described David in one short phrase. He used one line to describe David's entire life. God could have used many words to describe the life of David. He could have said David was a great king. He could have said David was a musician or a poet. He he could have said David the adulterer or David the murderer or David the giant slayer. He could have said any of those things, but instead he called David a man after his own heart. And when I read that, I see hope. I see hope for myself and I see hope for others. And isn't that really what the world's looking for today is hope? It is. It assures me that whatever has happened in my past, that doesn't have to be the one liner that describes me. It tells me that no matter where I've been, no matter the mistakes that I've made, that doesn't have to be the thing that God sees in me. From David's life, we learned that we don't have to be perfect to be a man or a woman after God's own heart. God's not looking for perfect people. There are none. David had been through some stuff. God's looking for some people that's been through some stuff. But it will still say, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. Someone that's willing to say, whatever you want from me, Lord, I'll give it to you. He's searching for men and women like you and me. A church just like this one made up of real people that will say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Send me. 2 Corinthians 16 and 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. He's looking for people whose hearts are completely surrendered and loyal to him. Oftentimes we look at David's repentance and we consider that to be the reason why he's called a man after God's own heart. And it's true, we do repent, we have to repent. The Lord expects us to live righteous, holy lives. But God had told Saul through Samuel that he was choosing David, a man after God's own heart, even before David ever became king. That meant that God had seen something in David long before he took his place as king. Part of the reason that David is called a man after God's own heart might be that he had absolute faith in God. Nowhere in scripture is this point better illustrated than in 1 Samuel 17, where David, as a young shepherd boy, fearlessly slew Goliath, the Philistine giant. We see evidence of David's faith when he says, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. David was fully aware that God was in control of his life. He had faith and he had confidence that God would deliver him from the hand of the Philistine giant. David knew early on in his life that God was to be trusted and obeyed. We see in Scripture David's faith pleased God, and God rewards him for his faithfulness. God taught David that submission to him is the best preparation for an assignment from him. God allowed David to face many difficult trials, but each trial prepared a man after God's own heart to do the work after God's own heart. Maybe another reason that David was described by God as a man after his own heart could be that he absolutely loved God's law. Of the 150 Psalms of the Bible, David is credited for writing over half of them. He repeatedly wrote how much he loved God's perfect word. Psalms 119, 47 through 48 says, David said, And I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands also will I lift up to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. It's not hard to see his complete adoration for God's word. Notice how David said that he meditates on God's statutes. A lot of people misunderstand what it means to meditate on the word. Some people think it's a a Middle Eastern art that's practiced by sitting on the floor with your legs crossed, humming a tune with your hands in the air. And that is not what meditating on the word means. To meditate on the word means that you ponder on that word. It means that you think on that word. You let it simmer in your mind and you reflect on it from different angles and different perspectives. It means that you chew on it for a while and you think about it over and over until it seeps down into your spirit. It's a spiritual discipline that we that we have failed to exercise in many cases. God granted David wisdom and understanding through daily meditation. Could it be that David was called a man after God's own heart because he chose not to be bitter though he was rejected by his father and brothers as the least of all he maintained a pure heart even though he wasn't perfect. He maintained a pure heart. Every opportunity that David got to serve his brothers, he did so without any resentment towards them. King Saul sought to murder David, and he kept David on the run as a fugitive outlaw. David had many opportunities to avenge himself against Saul, but he chose not to. He was committed, and he was obedient to God. He said, give me understanding, and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart obedience in the small things may not seem like much but it's the small strands that are woven together to make a rope we all tend to sit around wishing that God would use us to slay some giant but the important tasks are being obedient in the small things in the small everyday tasks that we face David was a man after God's own heart in that he was truly thankful he said I will wash my hands in innocence so I will go about your altar O Lord that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wondrous works David's life was marked by seasons of great peace and prosperity as well as times of fear and despair but through every season of his life he never forgot to thank the Lord for all that he had It truly is one of David's finest characteristics. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, said David. All through his life, David had been a passionate worshiper. Because he worshipped in private, he never hesitated to worship in public. David's worship was the overflow of his revelation of who God is. The greater the revelation of who God is, the more it will make you bow down and worship God. God is drawn to worshipers. The second time that God speaks of David being a man after his own heart is found in Acts 13.22. The apostle Paul speaks of God's feelings about King David, and he said, But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, God testified, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. The answer to why David was considered a man after God's own heart is found right there in Acts 13, 22. He said, David did whatever God wanted him to do. What made David a cut above the rest was that his heart was pointed toward God. When we look at the life of David, especially when we compare it with the life of Saul, we can see that David obeyed God because he was compelled to please God. David cared about the desires that God has. His heart was after the things that God's heart is after. David cared about what God cared about. David said in Psalms 18 and 1, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. David loved the Lord, and he had set his heart to do everything that God wanted him to do. His deep love for God is what set him apart from Saul. Obedience is the sign of love. For Jesus said in John 14, 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love is the foundation of obedience. If you struggle to obey God, it's because you struggle to love God. And I know that is a strong statement. But according to the word, it's the truth. He had a deep desire to follow God's will and do everything God wanted him to do. A person who's willing to do everything that God wants him to do With a heart to please the Lord and not ourselves, that's what a man after God's own heart looks like. To love the things that God loves and to hate the things that he hates. It's allowing his will to become our own will. Charles Swindle put it this way. He said, what does it mean to be a person after God's own heart? Seems to me it means that you're a person whose life is in harmony with the Lord. What is important to him is important to you. What burdens him burdens you. When he says go to the right, you go to the right. When he says stop doing that in your life, then you stop doing that in your life. When he says this is wrong and I want you to change, you come to terms with it because you have a heart for God. David was a man after God's own heart because he had set his heart to obey God's will. Some of David's most important words ever spoken might be found in 1 Chronicles 22 and 19. He said, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Therefore, arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the ark of of the covenant of the Lord and the holy articles of God into the house that is to be built for the name of the Lord. The NIV version changes that word set to the word devote. It says to devote your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. The word devote means to give, to place, to add, or to send forth. It indicates fastening something in place. David told Solomon and the leaders of Israel to fasten their hearts to seeking the Lord. David said, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. I now understand the Lord's instruction a little bit better when he asked me to pray that prayer to have a heart like David. To have a heart like David means to seek god's heart because that's what david did he sought to have a heart like god he sought to have god's heart it is my prayer that the lord would see me as a woman after his own heart what if we all prayed that prayer what if we all prayed that prayer lord don't just give me a heart like david give me a heart like you Because that's what God wants us to seek, is God's heart. We, this church, we are called to be different. We are called to be set apart. And to do that, we have to have a heart like God's. We're a church that's on a mission to see the lost save. We are a Harvest 573 church. We're committed to love to support, and to pray for our nation. And I think it goes without saying that those things are always at the forefront of God's heart. We are always to pray for our nation. We are always to pray for the lost. So we'll be doing that tonight. But I also think it would be pleasing for the Lord for us to set some time aside to not even really petition the Lord for a lot of things, but to just seek God's heart. You and I, can be men and women after God's own heart. This can be a church known. God can describe this church as a church after God's own heart. That's what he desires us to be. And that's what we're going to pray tonight. So if you would just go ahead and, um, you know, I know on Wednesday nights, we come together and we pray as a corporate body. And I love that. But I just really believe that we need to find our own place tonight and separate ourselves off from one another and separate ourselves off and be alone with the Lord. You can have someone beside you, but you know you can still be alone with the Lord. And I believe that's what God wants us to do tonight. So if you would, at this time, just find a quiet place and just enter in to the presence of the Lord and seek God's heart.